RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. This is our Facebook Live and podcast that we do each week at Roswell Presbyterian Church, um, interviewing the preaching pastor from the day before about their sermon. I am Carrie Weatherford. I'm one of our associate pastors here at RPC, and this, or today, I'll get to interview Jeff Myers, our senior pastor, who preached a fantastic sermon yesterday. Oh, thanks, Carrie. Well, it's on one of it was one of my favorite passages about when Jesus told the little children to come to him for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And obviously as someone who is uh, in children's ministry and uh, values so much our children and youth, I loved it. Um, And really that's where I want to kick off. I have some fun questions that have been submitted for you actually. Uh Uh-oh. So you don't know this, but yesterday when you left the sermon after the sermon at the modern service, I was doing the children's moment. And so I, we were, I was talking to the children about what an important part of the church that they are. And, um, and I mentioned this interview and I said, I was interviewing you today. So did they have any questions that they wanted um, to ask you about the sermon? And so I have really good news. Your sermon was clear as day. They had no questions about the sermon. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> but they do have some other questions. And I promised them that I would ask you these. So I'm going to ask you these questions at the beginning, and then we'll kind of delve into some, um, some more about the sermon. But I promised them that I would ask you and then told them that they, once they got home from school, they could get their parents to get on the podcast and that you would answer them. <laughs> I love it, man. That sounds great. Okay. First question. Why do we have to eat broccoli? Uh, Because it's a vegetable and vegetables are a very important part of a healthy diet. Um, And I think it's important to try out a lot of various, um, you know, things that we may not like early on. And (laughs) because we may like it, we may surprise ourselves and eventually like it more than we expect to. So like for me, like I never had like, I never liked Brussels sprouts. And when I became an adult, I love Brussels sprouts. Me too. Do you know who really loves Brussels sprouts is our new associate pastor, Scott Weimer. I've never really? seen somebody crush Brussels sprouts like him. Yeah. But you know what thing that I, here's a, you know what I hate, what I hated as a kid and I still hate? Cooked carrots. I love cooked carrots. Oh, I like seriously have like visceral, like, oh, that is amazing. 
I love cooked carrots. Oh, you can eat all my cooked carrots. You can have them all. Well, I actually really love that. And, and maybe later we'll take this on to even um, stepping out in faith and trying new things. But I think that's a good, I, I think that's a good point. And hopefully we'll, um, we'll help our parents and children have these conversations about eating healthy foods. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Why do parents always say no? Well, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe because you're asking for permission to do things you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> I don't know. In my, our in our house, the parents don't always say no. You know, it's more. Um, but I know when I was a kid, it felt like that, and oftentimes I just didn't have the perspective on mm. my own life and. Often it was risks. I want to do stuff that was risky. I mean, I remember even when I got older, when I was, when I, I won my first car and I want a car. And I remember I wanted to get like, golly, it wasn't a Honda Prelude, but it kind of looked like one of like this, like fast car and a friend of a friend was selling one and my parent, and I just wanted it so badly. My parents were like, that is the most unsafe car, Jeff. And you wouldn't fit in it. And I'm like, <laughs> I want it so bad. I want it. And now I go, yeah, that would have been a terrible decision for 16-year-old Jeff to have like a fat a car that he thought should go fast, you know. And um, and I think about, you know, uh, <laughs> I was saved uh, from hurting myself a lot uh, by my parents saying no. And I think, you know, you you gain wisdom uh, and mature as you grow up and you have a better sense of what you're capable of what you should and shouldn't be doing so i think sometimes it feels like parents are always saying no but i think if we really thought about it they say yes a lot more than we give them credit for that's awesome and i think that actually goes into this next question so you might say the answer is similar uh this question is why do parents say that school is fun but they probably pitched a fit when they were young <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, oh, parents, I think we, a lot of us look back on the past with rose-colored glasses. So mm. we look back and we see things differently than maybe we experienced them at the time. Um, I, I, I think probably if we, most people, there's aspects of school that they really like. I bet some people like seeing their friends. I like some people like hanging out in the lunchroom or they like the sports. Um, I have, a, I mean, when I was, I liked, there were certain classes I loved in school, English, I loved in school, I really loved physics. I loved, you know, math, I wasn't a huge fan of, mm -hmm. you know, but I still had to do it. And I think, um, if we really thought about it, I think there's more to school, but I think it helps train us to be a learning kinds of creatures and that mm -hmm. we can always um, continue to expand our minds, engage new ideas, new um, uh think new thoughts, things that we haven't um, considered before, and it opens us up to the world. And so I think, I think our parents, when they say it's fun, I think they're trying to help us get a sense of, you know, that wonderment of how wonderful and wild the world is, mm -hmm. um, and to step into it. And I think, I mean, frankly, let's be honest, most of us, whether we like it or not, are going to have to go to school. And yep. so you might as well enjoy it because you still got to do it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I think that's really valid. And honestly, I really appreciate um, 
the care that you're taking with these answers because these are real questions that our children have and sometimes as parents you know we we might not necessarily you know we're giving them these answers but they might need to hear it from someone else someone else who is a leader in their life and um or to hear a different perspective of it and so it is actually it's really important so i'm i'm hopeful that these children will get on and and listen to these answers i have one more question this is hopefully an easy one and this is very specific to you uh-oh is your favorite type of pizza my favorite type of pizza uh-huh. pizza yeah my favorite pizza um is a place in St. Simon's called Sal's. And Sal makes my favorite pizza in the world. It's a margarita pizza. And this ricotta cheese that they put on and the and like the mozzarella and the sauce. And it's it's like New York style. So, and Sal was actually, I think he's from like the Bronx or something. He moved down to St. Simon's, Georgia and opened up this pizzeria called Sal's. Um, and it had just the, the crust was like the perfect texture um oh like you could bend it a little bit but it wasn't too floppy like it was it was just that sweet spot um that's my favorite pizza that's that's fantastic that was much more specific than i was even thinking gonna get i've got opinions about pizza i'm glad i love it (laughs) we had two birthday parties this weekend and i had lots of pizza (laughs) oh yeah but it wasn't Sal's. It was Papa John's. Well, if I'm doing a Papa now, cheap pizza, I'm not. I'm not opposed to. Mm-hmm. I like cheap pizza, and I usually do the garden. Um, the garden fresh, which has got all the um, vegetables on it and stuff. I got I, that for myself. <laughs> I, I think Papa John's. It like retains its um, its flavor overnight. Actually, I think it actually maybe it gets better the next day. But huh. and I heard um, the famous. Um, chef david chang talk about he was like the pizza uh you know pizza companies have figured out how to do to go food they're the one kind of kind of food that's figured out how to maintain um the temperature the quality um to make it consistently uh taste good and so i don't apologize uh if if david chang says it's okay and it's good then i'm in so papa john's is my favorite uh cheap pizza Love it. Love it. Well, thank you for answering those questions. That Those are questions that our children submitted to you. Um, and so, you know, interestingly, and in, if, well, I guess it was when I, when you first came to RPC, you and I had some pretty uh, good conversations about children's ministry and um, what an important part uh, of the church that our children are. And uh, I've always appreciated that that's a core value that we have at RPC. Um, because I think there are, there are times, um, especially in history, mm-hmm. uh, and even maybe at some other uh, churches, that children should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly not in leadership. But you shared this passage with us yesterday, um, and and that is not how our children's ministry is. I'd love for you to talk about um, how you see children in church and and their importance of being here, not only in worship but leading, um, and and um, 
kind of your philosophy on that, your philosophy on children in church? Yeah, I mean, I mean frankly, Carrie, I, I, you know, I've never, <laughs> I've overseen children's and family ministries from like kind of a distance, but I've never been on the ground having to run, um, you know, children's ministry, children's Sunday schools, you know, so you're probably a much more qualified person um, to give their opinions uh, about these things and have really well thought out ideas. And I was really blessed in my last uh, job, you know, there was a woman who ran children's ministry yeah. who was just fantastic. And I remember when we hired her, um, I, I just said, uh, I'm going to need you to teach me about this. And, and I, and I think we probably had maybe the same kind of conversation. Like I, I rely on you to be the expert and kind of help me learn, uh, what I need to know about, um, children's ministry. But I mean, think fundamentally kids need to feel safe and loved. And I think the church needs to be a place where we, we take care of them. We keep them safe. And they feel like this is a safe place and that they feel love, love of God from God and also love of the community, their parents, their family, but the, the people, their Sunday school teachers, the volunteers, the people in the pew. Um, and that's just a core value for us. And I think RPC, um, and I think it predates me being, I mean, definitely predates me being here, probably predates you being here. And we are just stewards of this great tradition of children's and family ministry here at RPC. Um, and so I think now, now let's get a little, maybe a little more specific. I think, how do we translate God's love, let's say, in mm -hmm. an idiom or on a level that kids go, oh, aha, you know, and they understand um, in, in some way and feel um, the affection of God and the affection of um, the church and the community. And I think that's important. And I think one, one of the reasons I think, like, like you mentioned earlier, uh, children's sermons that you kind of get down and say, okay, I'm going to try to boil the sermon down. Maybe that was maybe something that was confusing and just make it really straightforward and um, down to earth and, and clear up all the clutter. <laughs> right. Right. And I think, I think that's a really important thing. And it's really hard. Actually, I think it's, it's probably much easier to be complicated than it is to be simple. And, <laughs> um, and I think that might be one of the things Jesus is getting at when he says, uh, become like a child. Yeah. No, you know, and actually, that is a question that I, I was hoping that you would expound upon on. As an adult, what do you think that it looks like? Or can you give some tangible examples, maybe, of what it means to have a childlike faith? Not an immature faith, but a childlike faith, like as we were discussing yesterday. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, there's a simplicity to it. So that I know what I, that I, that I'm very specific about what I believe, like I'm putting my weight down on God's love revealed in Jesus Christ, essentially. And then there are all, a lot of other things that I'm not sure about and I'm trying to figure out, but I'm, but I'm young still. I'm, I have unformed thoughts. I'm, I'm immature still. And I'm, I'm trying to grow up and I'm trying to answer these questions and figure my life out. What is the meaning and what am I supposed to do? But I'm not always so sure. And that's okay. And I think um, that's kind of what I, and then the humility aspect. I think in that passage I quoted from um, Matthew 18, where Jesus uh, you know, says, 
you know, the disciples are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And he's, he pulls a kid, a, a child into the group and says, you know, this is who the kingdom belongs to. Somebody who's humble like a child. And I think humility is, um, is a really tough virtue uh, to cultivate. And I think it's essential uh, for the life of faith um, to focus in on that and try to grow. Um, and if you don't, life has a way of bringing you to your knees. <laughs> Uh, that is so true. That is so true. And I, I think that's a really important um, note, too, about having that humility in our faith. Um, and let me ask you this question, just speaking of uh, children and childlike faith or even seeing things through children's eyes. Uh, now that you have two children, is there anything that you have seen through maybe major's eyes that has made you see faith in a new way or deepened your faith? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think, well, I think not even on an intellectual level, but as I was mentioning, like um, an affect level on the emotional level, um, like I just, I, like my love for my kids is way deeper and different than I, than I'd ever experienced before towards, um, uh, than I'd experienced, you know, like in romance or friendship, it's just a deeper, um, deeper love. And I feel like, oh, if, if that's, if that's how God feels about me and us, that's a really, that's a really powerful emotion. And I just, I, I had, I didn't have access to it. Um, and I, you know, I've been a Manny, as you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm always mentioning, but I was once a man, you know, I had high school age or junior middle school age kids. I had younger kids, um, uh, preschool kids I watched uh, back in Seattle. And so I learned a lot from them. Um, but having Absolutely. my kids has been, uh, has been a revelation. And then I think like <laughs> the importance of habits and rituals and routines is really important, I think. Um, and there's, I know there's all sorts of schools of thought about, you know, how to raise kids and, you know, when do you bottle feed a baby and all that. And we were very regimented at our house just because of how many, how much is going on that we have to be very specific um, and on a schedule because other ways the house just won't work. And, um, and I think the kids it, that has become very safe for them. Yes. And it, it's a comforting that I know what's going to happen. I can trust in it. And I think in many ways, like that's what church is for me. That coming mm -hmm. to worship is a part of my weekly routine. That mm -hmm. makes me feel comfort. It makes me feel at home in the world. And so that's another way. I just think we are ritualistic creatures yeah. um, who need habits uh, mm -hmm. to, to feel um, a fittedness uh, at home in the world as much as we mm -hmm. can. Yeah, I, I love that you share that too. It even goes back to some of the questions our children ask, like, why do we have to do this? And sometimes it can seem so regimented, but there's purpose in it. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation um, actually with a couple who's going through premarital counseling this weekend, and they were talking about as, um, as a couple, one of their values was being at church every week as a routine. And we had this discussion about how it's actually an easy routine to get into 
It's mm -hmm. also an easy routine to get out of. Um, but it's important for all of us. And it's, I think it's just like exercise. You see, you know, it, you know, you have to put effort into doing it, but it's, it's good for you and it's good for the whole family. So that kind of routine, whether you are an adult or a child being in a, a faith family and going to church is so important. And I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on that of, of the routine of church and, uh, how, it can, how it's maybe been impacted since the pandemic. What does church I mean? Even virtual online worship. Um, and then, you know, getting back into that routine, how, how has it, what have you seen? What have you observed? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think a lot of people during the pandemic, I think there was this initial like excitement that we can do the virtual uh, worship online. We can watch church. We'll have our own you know, a little grape juice and wafers in our house. And, and I think there was that novelty at the beginning. And then I think the novelty, as novelties do, um, kind of wore off. And I think a lot of people got out of the habit uh, and the routine of weekly uh, attendance in, in church. And now we've seen, you know, two thirds of our numbers pre-pandemic come back. And so I'm hoping that with the kickoff coming to Sunday, we'll see those numbers even increase, hopefully getting back to pre-COVID numbers. But I always think like, you know, I, I like sports. As you know, I like sports a lot. Mm -hmm. I think of um, church and kind of on a, a sports metaphor. And like in church, when you come for that 45 minutes to an hour every Sunday, you know what you're going to, you're going to get called to worship. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you're going to have to confess your sin. You're going to hear an assurance of forgiveness. You're going to have prayers of petition. You're hopefully going to hear a sermon that is intellectually interesting, it's motivating, it helps inspire you for the next week. You're going to sing some songs, um, and then you're going to have a benediction that's going to send you out into the world to your week. Well, these are the things, I, I take church to be practice, and uh -huh. practice prepares us for the game of life the other six days. Yeah. And guess what we should be doing those other six days? We should be praying for, for the concerns of our community, our own personal concerns. We should be asking forgiveness. We should be give, We should be showing God's grace to others and receiving it ourselves. Um, we should be thinking, uh, you know. And, and so I see church as that practice where we're being formed for the rest of our life, the other six days. And it's not, it's not separate from it. It's a part of it. And it what it's like if, like, maybe there are people who are golfers here. But like, if you go several months, I know you're married to a golfer. If, if I was you, about to say, we might want to pause on this analogy because uh, if my husband yeah. listens to this, he's going to say he should practice more. Yeah. Well, he, cause like, cause he knows if he goes two months without practicing, he's, he's going to, his skills will diminish significantly. Mm -hmm. And in order to be good at something, you've got to practice. And Absolutely. I think life is like that. If we want to be flourish as God has created and called us to flourish, then we've got to practice for it. And that practice comes in worship in church. Mm -hmm. uh, now, it's, it, we're not going through the motions, but I think it forms us in ways that we don't even realize mm -hmm. um, in that hour for the rest of our, um, the rest, the six days a week. Right. And I think it forms us. And I, I said this before, but just continuing to make this point, especially because we were talking about children, 
wherever we are, whatever stage of our life. And that's part of one of the reasons that we take discipleship so seriously here is we want from the time you're born till you're 101 years old, that, that this is a place where you are spiritually fed and formed and continue, you know, continue on that faith journey. So it's, it's for everyone and important for everyone, regardless of your age um, or stage of life. So I've got one final question for you. And for those of you that are watching, I apologize for the movement beforehand. I was having some technical difficulties and needed to relocate. Um, but my uh, final question for you, and this might be challenging, is if you were going to boil down your sermon yesterday into a children's sermon or a main point that you wanted, you know, if you're going to walk away from this, you know, I hope that you heard this. Uh, what would that main point be? Uh, or concept? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the main, the, the main point is that we're all children of God. Mm -hmm. And whether we see it or not, uh, is my conviction that that is the true, the fundamental reality of who we are. And so we need to see ourselves as beloved by God, but also see others as beloved by God. And that transforms not just our relationship with God on this vertical plane, but also the horizontal plane of our relationship with one another. And I think, um, yeah. and it's my conviction that in that people are children of God, they are due certain rights um, certain um, respect, um, honor, um, mm -hmm. as are, as am I, you know, and so, and I think um, that's what I, at the very end, that's what, what was, I was kind of hoping my thesis, mm -hmm. you know, it took a long time to kind of get there, but that's in the end with the conclusion, if anybody took anything away, that's what I, what I hope um, people, people got from it. I think I appreciate you sharing that and kind of boiling it down. And I, I, I definitely heard that. And I think too, you know, we're looking at children as children are, are one of our vulnerable populations. And so kind of even equating everything you're saying, we all are children of God, the, the most vulnerable of us, the, the most, um, you know, whatever kind of role we're in, we're all children of God and, and do those kinds of, um, to do that respect and love for each other. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, we always close this po podcast with what's new and exciting for you. What have you been up to or seen that's been exciting or good? Well, um, so, and, you know, all of my uh, endorsements should not be taken uh, <laughs> uh, as, as, good for everyone it's just kind of what i'm watching but uh so i you know we watched um a number of years ago the series breaking bad mm -hmm. and there was uh the subsequent series kind of sequel series um that came out of that called better call saul and mm -hmm. it's about saul goodman um who is an attorney and he's kind of like um a plaintiff's attorney so he's kind of like a stereotypical like car chaser uh <laughs> attorney some folks and um Anyway, the last two episodes of the final season of Better Call Saul are coming up, so uh, we're looking forward to that. And it's it's been a long journey, um, and it's been been through some dark times uh, there in New Mexico, and okay. uh, some of the illegal uh, activities of folks there, cartels, things like that. But uh, 
uh, Saul's just a really funny character. And I think uh, there's a lot to learn about life. And um, so I'm looking forward to that in a couple of weeks. Oh, it's exciting. It's always good when you, you have a show that you really like. Now, do you and Courtney watch, you said you watch that together? Yeah, yeah, we, we have, we usually watch, we're usually watching one or two series together. And then we each have things that we watch on our, on our own. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I, maybe all couples are like that, but yeah, I'm like, and, and we're both like equally disgusted at the other person, like what they're viewing, you know, like, I'll be like another episode of better housewives of like, you know, Des Moines or whatever. And, and she's like, you're, you're watching more like basketball, you know, how, how can you stand that sound? You know? And, and so, and so we just kind of like, you know, nag each other about our side projects and then come together on what we can agree on to watch. I just really want you to take to any network, Better Housewives of Des Moines <laughs> as a concept and <laughs> see how that goes. That just, that shows us that you, you, you are not watching a lot of the yeah, Real exactly. Housewives. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for this and for sharing a little bit more, being, being willing to uh, answer the questions of our children and then diving deeper into the scripture and the sermon from yesterday. It was fantastic. Um, so thank you again. And um, we will continue closing the distance through the fall. Uh, so every Monday at noon. So yep. we'll and thank and you very so much. Yeah, and thank you so much. You're so sweet. And those are great questions. It was a really fun idea to get some uh, questions from the kids. And hopefully it was at least entertaining, if not informative. And um, it was. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So this Sunday, we're starting a new yeah. series uh, on uh, nine creeds and confessions of our tradition, the Presbyterian Church USA. We're starting out with the Nicene Creed mm -hmm. and really answering the question, who is Jesus? And that was a question that really confronted um, the early church in the first couple hundred years. And how did they make sense of, of Jesus and his identity? And who is he? And how should they understand it? So I'm really looking forward to it because I think we're going to engage some questions that people have, doubts, skepticisms they have in the back of their mind, but they're often afraid to say out loud. And we're going to say, we're going to talk about some of those out loud. I really look forward to it. Fantastic. Well, we cannot wait. And just so everyone knows, it is our fall kickoff. So new sermon series. And then we have a great kickoff event from 12 to 2 after the service. So we hope everybody's able to, to join us. All right. Thanks again, Jeff. Thanks, Carrie. I'll see you soon. Have a great right. week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.